0: Hi everyone, it is the middle of May and we have been in this COVID-19 crisis for more than two months. And as you know, have been taking a break from our usual group talk podcast programming to address the urgent critical issues that have come up as all of our churches have had to adapt to the demands of this unique season. As we move forward and the physical stay and home restrictions start to be gradually lifted, we're likely going to see some new challenges ahead. And in this continuing time of uncertainty, it's so important that we know how to communicate clearly. Back in February, I had taped an episode with Dr. Bill Donahue on the topic of feedback, how to give it well and how to receive it well. And this is a growth edge for most leaders, and probably most of us would admit that we don't give it or receive it as well as we would like. Bill and I had a great conversation together on this, and I'm so excited to share it with you. I think in this particular season, with so much uncertainty and so much stress and anxiety about the future, it's even more crucial that we have the courage and the skills to have difficult conversations both at home and at work. We want to equip you to have redemptive conversations, those that are marked with truth and grace that will lead to hope and healing and growth. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode and I pray you'll find it helpful as you navigate the important relationships of your life in this season and beyond.
1: Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. When you hear the word feedback, do you automatically feel tense or nervous, maybe defensive or guarded, or are you excited and eager and energized to learn? Well, information about our behavior is critical to our growth, and yet it is so hard to hear sometimes. On the other hand, information about someone else on your team or a coach or a small group leader is critical for their effectiveness in their roles, but yet it can be hard for us to give. So as leaders, we've probably all received feedback, we've probably given it, but how many of us really understand how to do it well? So this is an area I've worked hard to get better at, and I still have a long ways to go, so I've invited an expert to help us to learn how to do this better. Dr. Bill Donahue is one of the smartest and wisest people in small groups ministry world. Sometimes those two adjectives don't necessarily go together, but in Bill's case, it absolutely does. He is great at asking the right questions and listening critically to the responses, not just to what's being said, but understanding the underlying issues being presented, which is one of the key keys to giving and receiving feedback. So, Bill, thank you so much for being on Group Talk.
2: Great to be here, Carolyn. Good to be with you. You are one of my mentors, so... but, but yeah, uh, that. Yes, I love. I love. <laughs> well, I. I mean, what you guys have built together here and your team and all to really communicate with a, a global audience and continue to raise this value and training and leadership development and feedback and everything that you guys do. Awesome. So grateful wow. to be part of it.
0: Well, thank you. Um, well, let me read. tell you a little bit about Bill. Bill um, is has a PhD, which is why we call him Dr. Bill, but he focuses his work on building transformational leaders, groups, and teams. He's a conference speaker, author, and a strategic voice in areas of leadership development, community building, and strategic vision. Um, his work blends both his corporate and church experience, and he serves clients in both arenas. And after working for 18 years at Willow Creek, at the church, and also at the association, Bill joined the faculty of Trinity International. University, and he leads the Doctor of Ministry program there, training over 100 church leaders and pastors. Bill has published or co-authored a dozen books and training resources for all levels of leadership, including, for our purposes, the most relevant ones for us is the best-selling Leading Life-Changing Small Groups, Coaching Life-Changing Leaders, Building a Life-Changing Small Groups Ministry, and then a DVD training series, Making Small Groups Work, and most recently, a few years ago, The Irresistible Community. So I've personally used his books often, and I'm still using We were joking earlier off the air about how the Green Book and the Red Book are still my Bibles for small groups ministry, and those of you who have seen Bill's books, you know exactly which ones I'm talking about, Um, because they're grounded in biblical principles, which are timeless, and they're also super practical practical, which I really appreciate when I'm training new coaches and leaders. So Bill's been one of my mentors in the small group ministry world for over 15 years. First I learned from him through his books, um, and at conferences I was kind of intimidated by him, but then I finally got the nerve and the guts to approach him at a smaller gathering, and he was so gracious, so helpful, so I've been privileged to have him in my life, both as a friend and as a ministry mentor. So thank you, Bill. It's Good to be yes
2: here. To I <laughs> thought you were going to say I, we approach. I approached him at a conference, and Bill, I need to give you some feedback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're too kind. Way, <laughs> way, way, way too kind. But thank you. It's great to be with you. Like I yeah, said, yeah. And
0: I actually heard Bill talk about uh, feedback at a, a thing we were at together, and he was just like just casually mentioning some things about feedback, and I was like, this is really good. So I started writing him down, and I thought I'd love to talk to him and pick his brain on this topic. So let's start here. So in a nutshell, Bill, how would you define feedback, and why is it such a critical skill for leaders to have?
2: Yeah, thanks. And I did not prepare a definition in a succinct way for for a reason, because I, I think so much of feedback is about posture and context and some of that kind of thing. But I would say this, it's the willingness and sometimes courage Mm. to face the realities of our leadership and to speak them to one another in ways that are developmental and redemptive. So um, I don't know if I can say that again, but I mean, that kind of flows through my head as I think about the sitting down with another person or a group Mm-hmm. And saying, This is the experience of reality I have with you. I want to say some things about that. I'm open to the experience of, of reality, so to speak, that you have with me. And let's create a dialogue around that that's productive and developmental. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you said, um, it's interesting you use the word uh, redemptive. And you talk about that a little bit, especially for us in a ministry world. Yeah. Why is feedback, um, how can feedback be a redemptive experience?
2: Yeah. I, I think, you know, as I reflected on the idea of doing this and, in, in Carolyn, you mentioned that you would kind of go that direction a little bit more than I do in some other settings that I talk about by the nature of what they are, is it's such a part of discipleship but we really Mm would not put this name on it. You know, the fact that we give people coaching or try to help them take a next step right in their faith, or if they're running off the rails a little bit, or if they're getting confused, or... You know, like Priscilla and Aquila gave to Apollo. he's a great communicator, but off track in an area and said, okay, we got to pull him aside and kind of do a little coaching thing here. It'll involve some feedback. And uh, I I think it's harder in church world because we have this concept that we're supposed to be so forgiving and so, Mm -hmm. oh, well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Ah. And often that's destructive because that's just Mm -hmm. an excuse for having the courage to say, you know what, this needs to change. Or even worried on positive feedback, you know, of just mm-hmm. overdoing it or not really knowing how to give it because it sounds schmoozy or backslappy <laughs> or something, and people wonder, are you being serious? So I don't know. I think we get easily intimidated by it, and we, we there's a lot of things in church world we don't do because we just be too nice. It's just we yes. we're nice, yeah.
0: Yes, I like to say um, that truth is kind. Yeah. which means truth really should trump the kind of the nice part. But right. uh, yeah, that's so true. So in that backdrop, yeah. this is why we need to, to receive, um, give and receive it well. So let's start off by giving feedback. And, and as we um, do this, we're going to do this in two parts. We're going to talk about the giving feedback part and then the receiving feedback part. So we're going to go a little bit longer today. I just want you as our audience to be aware and give you a heads up. Um, this is such a rich topic and such a critical one. And Bill's been gracious with his time. So we're going to just go a little bit longer. And I hope um, the extra time will definitely be worth uh, value to you and your to your ministry. So Bill, let's start with giving feedback because that's actually a little bit easier. At least I personally find that a little easier. Um, so what are some key things to consider when we're the ones giving the feedback?
2: Yeah, so a couple things come to mind certainly. Uh, and first of all, I think we definitely need to be very specific and very focused on what it is we're saying and what we're not saying. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes if we're not preparing ourselves ahead of time to say, okay, you know, actually write it out or speak it out or do it in the mirror or whatever, uh, particularly if it's hard feedback or challenging mm-hmm. feedback. Uh, it can get off track a little bit, and th- and feed and and giving this kind of feedback would be essential. For example, in a conflict resolution, right, or right. something like that. But it doesn't have to be in that kind of setting. But uh, the idea of saying, okay, here's what I see, here's what it looks like, and you know, do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, so, in other words, I wouldn't say, or it's not as helpful to say, you know, you need a little better, you know, growth in the area of listening. Now, sometimes I'll read things because I work in, especially in some corporate arenas where they've been given some assessments. And I'm getting these reports of a variety of things that, that are done to them. And uh, sometimes on the comments people make, they'll say, could be a better listener. Well, what's that? Okay. Mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of sort, of sort of vague. And it sounds like to the person receiving it, because, you know, really judgmental because they right away picture themselves as listening very well in a few settings that pop into their head. They don't even want to be defensive. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of not, you know, being vague, but being specific would be better to say something like, you know, when I'm talking with you, sometimes I notice you look past me and are distracted by other things in the background, for example, at a restaurant, and I'm not really sure you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. So it would help me to understand, you know, that, but uh, do you hear what I'm saying there? Because I've noticed that, uh, in our conversations or something like that. Um, so that's much more specific. It's something I can picture. It's something I can say, Oh yes, I do that. Or, Oh, I don't do that. Or okay. At least versus a a broader vaguer kind of thing.
0: Oh, that's, that's really good. It's kind of, it reminds me of marital advice, you know, don't ever say always and never, Mm -hmm. Um, don't make it global make right. it really specific to it. And the examples, if you can give an example or even describe a pattern, it's just, it's much more useful. Right. And that takes thought. You, if you're going to give feedback, well, you have to, I love your point about preparing in advance. I think it rarely goes well if we just do it just off the fly in the moment. Yeah.
2: I mean, we certainly want to be, depending on, again, how much of this, if it's just kind of a quick thing or whatever, but certainly a prayer, certainly a sense, okay, God, am I Help me frame this right because what I want to do is truly edify. I want to pay attention and see if they're hearing me. Do they feel they're being judged? Whatever, but there's a there's a lot of that in there. And so I think to know I'm just going to talk about this in this way with this example. And it will be another thing I throw in here is really to give examples, especially if there's a pattern. If it's have hey, noticed that the last three or four staff meetings you seem more withdrawn. When we do kind of creative sessions, you don't jump in as you usually have. I'm checking that out with you, but a. I'm picking up that you're a little more distant. Can you help me with that? That's a way or a form of feedback, but it says, I, I see a pattern. I'm not jumping in on every little thing that, that happens or that I'm concerned about or may have a question about. I'm just starting to observe something, and by naming reality, which Max Dupree says, first job of a leader, uh, if I'm saying, here's a reality I see, I wanted to you know share that with you and see, th- does that make any sense? And I'm just checking that out.
0: Oh, so I love very that attitude. Examples
2: are helpful. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah
0: I love that attitude, Bill. Um, I just totally picture how useful that would be when I, the difference between naming an observation versus labeling um, a behavior as, you know, you in that scenario, you could say, hey, you seem unresponsive and you could have an edge to it. Or you can say, hey, I've observed this that you seem to be leading back more. What's up with that? Like, right. there's such a different tone with both of those.
2: Well, oh, and it's hard not to have emotion in it. Now, sometimes if I've been hurt, right, and I'm giving feedback or I'm disappointed or I know it's going to be a very hard conversation because maybe it's been enough of a pattern and it's leading to someone having their responsibilities lessened or maybe they're not going to get the promotion they were hoping or whatever. Uh, and you realize as you play it out, this could lead to that. And so it gets right. you a little, uh, but, but to say, here's what I've seen and observed and to put that ball back in your court and say, do you hear what I'm saying there? Do you understand what I've observed? Do you want to add to that anything? It just keeps us about the it. Not that we're not talking about people, but we can focus at least first on the behavior or pattern.
0: And we could totally train our small group leaders on that point to say, if you see someone being quiet or acting differently, to take them aside and ask the question, hey, something going on, Bob, because I've noticed you're more quiet or I've noticed you see more on edge or whatever the observation is. And then say, hey, how can I care for you? What's going on there? Is there something you'd like to share with us? It just makes it much less defensive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Uh, So, yeah. So other uh, key things to think about?
2: Well, I think one of the things that comes to mind also is we talk about, you know, tr- uh, grace and truth a lot in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Speaking truth with grace is a tension we always live in. Uh, again, being direct, saying this is an observed behavior, naming a reality, but doing it in a way to your point that isn't destructive or hurtful. And to see, kind that's of, it's why I like to say it out loud, because I like to think what I like to hear that and if i uh, if i have to hear that what kind of tone of voice would it be would i be sitting down i've given feedback to people depending on what it is and and how uh i need to deliver it i even consider posture mm. so, for example if it's a more i'm going to call this in the healthy sense confrontive feedback like we really need to talk finally right maybe we've talked about this before it's not mm-hmm. getting through I I call that sitting across the desk. And literally, sometimes it needs to be delivered that way. It needs to have more of that feel like, here's a piece of paper, it contains five instances where this happened, or whatever. It's a little more direct, a little more formal, even maybe, and very much more, I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, versus sitting down next to someone Mm -hmm. and and, and being on the same side of the table, and kind of, if it's, again, a, a written piece or not, but just kind of a the sitting next to says, I'm with you in this. It it communicates mm-hmm. something different. I don't have to be too close or awkward or anything like that, but <laughs> but if if you sit down and say, Come here, have a seat. I just I want to run something by you that I, it's, I've been seeing, and I and I think you'll want to hear it because I think it's affecting your effectiveness as a leader. And I think that's another piece I want to add that I'm giving this, and the reason I'm having this conversation is for your development growth. Uh, I want you to think about it. So, one thing we didn't cover in the more formal thing, and I didn't—I meant that I, I missed it—was in the preparation of that sort of uh, delivery. Uh, you know, how do I want to set it up?
0: Yes. That's yes. really do
2: important.
0: You, yeah, do you set an appointment? Like the formal one, I could yeah. see on mm-hmm. that one. And I've done that when I've had to release somebody um, or to remove someone from leadership. Um, I've kept the desk between us and mm-hmm. I've Absolutely. said, hey, here's here's the date. I'd like you to come in. Here's what we're doing. So there, it sets a different tone than just right. hey, drop by and pull, I pull up a chair next to them and we're chatting. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that context, really those context cues help the conversation.
2: Yeah, it does. And also I think Yes, sort of what's happened, what the nature of the feedback is, the personalities involved. Is this a tender person with a lot of, I mean, are they already kind of on the edge a little and and they're concerned and it doesn't take much to flip the switch? And I don't mean they go angry. They just go, they just cave in on you. They don't hear what you're saying because of that. Uh, Or is this someone who's a little tougher skin or whatever? And you go, okay, this one needs a little more of a direct shot. Uh, but I think that the setup is always, we need, you know, kind of a, we need, to, we need to talk. I want to go over some experience I've had with you. I'm going to give you some feedback about it. And I, and the, my, my motive behind it and in, you know, the whole point in the conversation is, I, I think we can both grow together. And if this is what needs to be said, mm-hmm. you know, in our relationship or in effectiveness and getting the work done or, or helping challenge you to a higher level of leadership. So I want you to be thoughtful of that when we sit down and talk. And I go okay, so it's going to be intentional, right? But I'm I'm hearing a desire to make me better. That might be one kind of conversation. The other is sure. no, the desire is to confront a reality that's a hard one, but I want you to know that's coming. Versus hey hey, let's let's chat. By the way, this is really bad news. Uh, you kind of <laughs> they're not ready for that emotionally. So that prep both emotionally and I think just strategically thinking down. Okay, what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? How do I want to invite response? I think yes. it's really important to think through.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think giving them a little time to prepare themselves is helpful. If, right. you're gonna, if it's going to be a hard conversation, and, um, so and the, the conversation doesn't go off track. Yes.
2: Right. So it's not unusual for me if I'm a little emotive, I'm talking about A, but pretty soon I'm saying, and by the way, two weeks ago there's B and C, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it's so really keep on. Here's five things I don't like about you, you know, uh, you know. So keep it, yeah, keep it around what you're really talking about. Sure.
0: Yeah, my um, daughter played competitive sports for a while and her coach was really big on the compliment sandwich. How do you feel Mm -hmm. about the compliment sandwich? Because sometimes that can come off. And by that, I mean, the coach would say, you know, one positive thing, one negative thing she needed to work on and then another positive thing. And all she heard was the negative thing. And she felt like the positive things were just uh, to soften the blow. And she was like, I would rather you just set set it straight without like trying to flatter or schmooze me either way.
2: Exactly. Uh, It's interesting on how I even give written feedback to people when we're doing these assessments, corporate executives, whomever, church leaders, uh, they want to know what do I have to fix or what's wrong and it always sounds like to me, the shoe's going to drop, you know, right. I, I really think you're a good leader. And they're like, you're blah, like, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, just what? get to the point. So I tell them, I say, you know, I have three very positive and encouraging strategic things to talk to you about and how to foster your and I have two challenges, which would you like to talk about first? <laughs> I put the ball in their court. They go, give me the bad news. Okay, here we go. You know, kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to have it as a setup. And I certainly don't want to Yeah, uh, Take the edge off what may be a reality that needs to happen. But I understand the combination of, you might say, grace and truth and also speaking positive and negative. And that's one of the things I was thinking of, you know, say something like, hey, I know your team has been working very hard on this. I know the effort has been there and I know you guys have put your best foot forward. So let's not talk about that because I know that's been done with integrity and hard work. It's the result I need to talk about with right now. We keep coming up with 5%, you know, whatever the thing is. And that's, we need to be 10%, not five. And that's where the struggle comes in. We keep kind of going and doing our work. We come back, we're still at 5%. So let's really focus on how we can move that needle forward or have a discussion about that. So it's a way of saying, I do know you worked really hard at this, but the answer still wrong. You know I mean? Or the, right, it's right. not getting us where we need to go. So in light of the hard work you've done or in light of the fact, you know, can, we may need to revisit some of the players. We may, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that part. We could talk, but I just want you to hear this has to change. And here's a time frame. And we all need to get our heads together around that. am i making sense, you know, that kind of conversation. So trying to, it's not a, hey, you're great. Oh, now let me tell you, you're awful. <laughs> it's not necessarily that. But it's working in these right. things where you recognize the true value of the effort or yes. something that you can legitimately encourage or say, Hey, that's part of this. There's another part though, that's not working. We need to talk about. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that. I think that breeds empathy. So then, um, they understand that you get the good stuff so they don't have to get defensive. I recently had a conversation actually last weekend with a small group leader who I need to um, ask to step down for a number of reasons, but they actually had done um, a really good job of kind of launching the group, but it was time for them to step aside. Hard conversation. I asked for lots of prayer in between. Um, I prayed through it. I wrote it out. Um, I knew it was going to be delicate, and I I really did it because I wanted to care for them. And so I was like, okay, Lord, please help me communicate care over Mm -hmm. the – Yep. The removal they would hear as, as um, a rejection, potentially. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it, I did a, the compliment thing without really thinking that part. Through. It really was out of to thank them. I started off by thanking them for how they have served and how that was pivotal for that time. And now we're in a different time, and now yeah. they need to step back. Yeah. And um, at the end of it—it got so good—at the end of it, um, they really did feel cared for. And they said, wow, you know, we haven't been in a church where— um, people care for us and want to take care of us and, and are releasing us so that we can grow in these other areas. So they thanked us for doing that. And I was like, oh, thank God, Holy Spirit came through. Um, they received it in the spirit we offered mm-hmm. it. Um, but that's like what you were describing, where it's not a, you know, I'm only setting you up so that I can now take right. you down, but it really it was out of the, the care. And, and the truth and grace component was there. And those are hard conversations to have, but I think they're really trust building.
2: Yeah, and I would say the harder the conversation or the more significant the issue, the clearer the truth needs to be and the stronger the grace needs to be. You just really need to think about, I think, both of those. It can't just be, wow, this is a big deal, so it's going to be a, a whole truth dump, but, You know, it, which I'm not saying isn't legitimate. It's, how do I offer grace in this? Because it is, like, you think of your conversation, you have to let someone go. And by grace, I don't mean a matching level always of emotion or feeling, but just the sense of, when you said it, empathy, the empathy factor has to be a little higher. I know this is going to be hard for you to hear. Yeah. Uh, I know it is hard for you to hear. Um, I do find, though, but, but putting it on myself and saying, I know, boy, it's hard for me to say it. I'm not saying don't. I just don't know if that matters as much yeah. in the moment as yes. me recognizing I can see this is really hard for you to hear this. And, and just stopping, and, Yeah, and not putting value on it. Because, you know, I've been in that situation now. It's just mm-hmm. saying, I know it, what I just said to you was hard for you to hear. I could pick that up as best I could there. I'm just going to stop for a minute, let you sit with that and respond. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. And then I guess, so what about um, when you're going to say something hard and you're not sure if they're ready to hear it? Like, I feel like timing such a big thing.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, with it, and then, and then when you do that, do, is it helpful to ask permission? Like we say, we say we've had a hard conversation, we've said some things, we've made some progress, but I feel like there's still some residual thing that I'm that could be said, but I'm not sure if you're you're going to go there. You know, we talked about the last ten yeah, percent or whatever, right, right. the the last bit. How do you <clears throat> know when or if you can go there uh, with someone?
2: You know, I don't think it's a magic thing and i don't think it's oh darn it yeah no i wish (laughs) i think you walk into it right it's just you keep walking into the water as it gets deeper and you're just testing it as you go and i think you just keep naming the reality say we've had this conversation before and we're still there and here's how i see there i've described so what i say to people giving feedback is what is the what is the true impact of what we're talking about Mm -hmm. If we keep coming back to the same thing, and then two months later, it's the same thing. I would say, here's what that starts to do in our relationship or on the job or our marriage or whatever. And my wife and I just had a a challenging conversation having to face a pattern that, you know, I felt like, oh, I think I made some progress here. And she would say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, over here, this part of it, I still feel like I'm not sure maybe if you're understanding what I need there and what would be more helpful than you doing this about doing Aye. that. And I could see where what, what, our first conversation had a number of things. We, we went, okay, we need to both work on something. But uh, one I kind of had ignored. And so it was a way of sort of revisiting but saying, you know what, that still isn't working, and it would be very easy for me to go defensive or sullen or whatever, go inward, and say, okay, I just I need to hear that again. But what I hadn't heard was, and here's what that does to me. So when she added, mm-hmm. you know, when we, we're on the third time around on this, You know, it starts to make me feel like, are we ever, I mean, I feel disappointed or I feel sad or I wonder, you know, and that's a hard thing to say. But we have a relationship. So when you talk about it, what's the level of relational equity you have in there to be able to say, this just is really hard for me to hear again from you because I feel like we've been around this circle three times. Right, right. And I don't know what to do with that, to be honest with you, but I do know I can say this. It is hurtful to me. And then have people engage, you know, are they repentant? Are they sorry? Are they what can I do? Why do I keep missing it? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and I think that's, we're going to talk in a minute about receiving feedback. There's a posture about all that for both in that conversation, but the courage that it takes to go. And can I just say this, it's usually the impact. And I do this in the work environment where I'm sitting down with someone saying, I'm going to tell you what people say here in this company about you when you do behavior X. (laughs) Oh, wow. and I'm going to put some of my own words to it and summarize some of it because I'm trying to protect yes. people too. But let yes. say here's the gist of it. It's really around these two things or it's really these three because I may get eight different, but I can kind of – okay, it's, it's like thing. these yeah. two things. Yeah, it's when you get energetic, you bowl people over. Conversations mm-hmm. stop. Creativity leaves the room. People can't wait to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, I say this is what I hear. And the impact of that is boom, 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 less productivity, right? And I want you to hear that because that's what's happening. You know, so to be calm but direct, uh, and that's—I don't have anything then. That's everything. I don't have any other hidden shoe that's going to drop. That's what <laughs> I heard. Now let's talk about what you heard. You know. Yeah. In-
0: I love that, the focus on what is the impact we want this to have. Um, So let's turn to the other angle. Uh, With giving feedback, we have some control. We can prepare for it as the giver. Now, the harder topic for many of us in leadership is the receiving feedback part. Um, So what are some key things to consider when we're on the receiving end?
2: Yeah, and especially sometimes I know we don't have a lot of prep. It's nice when someone gives it to us and says, hey, tomorrow we're going to talk about that thing we did or the thing that's not working or whatever. And you go, okay, here we go. Um, but I think if someone starts the conversation, however they might start it with, hey, I need to, we need to talk or we need to sit down and go through what happened yesterday or the meeting an hour ago. You have the sense that they're saying, I'm going to give you some feedback. So I think you can have a learning posture of humility yeah. and some openness that says, I'm inviting this. And say, okay, it sounds like this is going to be, and this is okay to always name reality. Okay, so already I can sense you're going to say some things that are challenging. And what I'm trying to do right now is just be open and receptive to that. So if you see things that communicate to you that I'm not, it may be just my emotion getting in there. So
0: oh wow, feel that's free a, to that's name so that's So I'm giving
2: them permission to tell yeah. me, here's how I'm experiencing. You're listening right now. It doesn't sound like, you know, you're doing this. You're sitting back, your arms are crossed, and you're looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> it doesn't really say you're listening. So, uh, say, but but I'm acknowledging, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, I've got stuff stirring inside me because we're already starting a hard conversation. And I think I find that helpful.
0: That's really helpful. I have done that with my boss at times where I know he wants to give me feedback. And, I, and one time I said, I'm really churned up right now because that was a hard meeting. So give me an hour. To, yeah. to process and great. kind of settle myself so that I can be in a better place to listen. Um, and good. he's like, sure, go, you know, go do that. And I think just to ask for what it is you're going to need, especially if you're an introvert or an internal processor. I knew in that moment yeah. I was going to say stuff I was going to regret and I was right. going to just lash out.
2: <laughs> That's a great observation you make about how we process that. And again, if you know people and you know, I'm going to dump this truck a little bit and I'm going to have to give her or him a day, a half day, some time. Or to know that other person, when I push on this, they're going to push back. You know, they're gonna, they're just a natural, well, wait a minute. What do you mean by that? They're just a person that's going to engage right away. So I need to be able to say, not again to get in a fight, but to go, I know I'm going to get a quick response right away emotionally, even with whatever. And so I need to be prepared as the, going back to the giver a little bit. But I think the, re, the person receiving SSA, what is my bent Am I a withdrawal? So, so we, we use it to – it costs a bit. It's not super off the charts, but it's not a cheap assessment, the Hogan assessment. And uh, we use it a lot in the corporate world. And it's got a report that feeds back the effect, so to speak, of your triggers. Are they more like this or like that? And about 13 different things that can come together. But they generally fall into the two buckets that we would say the fight or flight buckets, you know, so you have people that move toward whether that's emotionally or even physically with posture or whatever. And then there's people that move away and they may even nod and go like this, like they're listening. But inside, they've already left the room. They have dug in. They care sitting there going, I can't believe this person's attacking me, but they're not going to say it. They're internal mm. processors. They're are withdrawing, and they may walk out of the room, and, and and you think, oh, they heard me, and maybe they heard half of it, <laughs> but they need time. They need time to go through, you know, all of this because they just, it's hard for them, and and the space is absolutely required. So it's a good point. If I know I'm giving feedback to different kinds of people, and it is a hard conversation, what's this person like, or so what are they likely to do, and how am I prepared? So if I'm on the receiving end, I need to be self-aware more. Yes. Okay. I'm a person that's a, you know, I'm coming at you, <laughs> versus okay, I'm gonna have to work really hard to just listen here. So uh, that's where I think learning to make some of those statements. Hey, you know me. I'll probably get I'm probably get emotional right now as you're saying this, but I'm trying right. to process it all. Okay. So okay, I'm hearing late on me. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> reflecting back. Yeah. And so uh, that's another thing is is you want to listen for understanding, not to argue yeah. or defend. And I think a lot of times when people start saying, "Well, here's what I want to say," you're already going, "Oh yeah, well, well I got stuff I gotta to say too."
0: <laughs> True. They lose.
2: They lose the, They don't. They lose being present. They don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. So instead so being fully focused on the giver, and this is really hard if it's challenging feedback. So here, you just said this to me. You want me to understand that this is what the impact is, and you've seen it three times. Is that? Is that what you just said to me? That's really hard work to listen that way. Yeah, and, and to say back to a person, I think I'm trying. I'm trying to hear what you said. Is that right? Is that what you said? And stay relatively calm in that. That's,
0: that's really very. Hard. That's very hard. It's it's pretty rare. I have to say, it's pretty rare. Um, Use the word "bill" uh, triggers a little bit ago. Um, can you talk a little m- bit more about that? What do you mean by um, knowing your triggers?
2: Yeah, and this is uh, you know this comes from a great resource by Sheila Hain and Doug Stone. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for the feedback. It became a very popular book. And there's, she gives a great talk at a couple different sessions. One is at a leadership summit, I believe. She's a believer. Yes. Um, and she does a good synopsis there of about 20 minutes on the topic. And there's also some um, book summaries. And uh, they're about 12 pages long on this book. So if you're not a – got to read the whole book person. Uh, but <laughs> she mentions three kind, or they do, and uh, three triggers, if you will. Truth triggers, relationship triggers, and identity triggers. So a truth trigger is that just the nature of what's being said itself, you know, flips your switch. It's just purely Mm -hmm. the content. Uh, It's just a topic, an issue, something where it feels like I'm poking a little bit around something that you believe strongly about. Mm -hmm. Like if I said to you, I think yesterday, I think you distorted the truth there in the meeting yesterday and you reported your results. And I go, what, are you kidding me? You know, I never do that. You know, that kind of, it may flip me because I see myself as someone I really care about the truth. The second one would be uh, a relationship one. It's like the person coming down the hall toward you and you're already like, okay, here we go. They haven't even said anything yet. (laughs) Given the who, who it is affects how you hear feedback. Right. So I might hear it from you and be, oh, Carolyn shared this with me. It was really good. But if it's Bob over here, it's like, Bob, what's he know? You know, that's because it's Bob. And maybe Bob's really critical a lot. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean Bob doesn't speak some truth or I right. shouldn't be hearing some. So right. it's easy to dismiss based on relationship. Third is identity. It just gets at the very core of who I am. It's my ministry, which I just hold so dear. or It's my, uh, yeah, what I believe my heart is around something. And you, I hear, is are attacking The very thing I was made by God to do, you know, I I amp it up in that way. So those are three that they say tend to make us go emotional and unable to hear effective feedback.
0: Oh, those are really good um, I think it takes us a little time probably to unpack that but yeah. a couple mm-hmm. of things just come to mind the relationship piece is so interesting because you're right depending on you know who's um, giving it makes such a difference so say in our context with the small groups ministry you have a coach that's actually spent time building that relationship with the small group leader right. so when they come back and say hey you know leader um, I noticed that you don't ask a lot of questions and you kind of pontificate <laughs> I mean they wouldn't use that word that word's a little loaded but it right. seems like you You spend a lot more time talking and less time listening to your members. Is that something, you know, maybe you could work on? If it's a coach that they trust, um, that they have a relationship with, I could see them responding very differently than if it's a brand new coach they don't have a relationship with. And now this Mm -hmm. person, you know, maybe this person's younger, less experienced, is telling them that they're not a good leader, which then taps into identity issues of, you know, I'm a church leader. So I feel like of the three, the relationship one might almost be a, a, a more visible one, a filter for people that may trigger their response.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think to your point, it's a relational ministry you're in. And so the relational cues are going to be up front a little more. And I, I do think the truth thing, that's really a tough kind of thing because we're people of the truth or we like to think that we are. And so if either we're being attacked around the truth or we feel like it's a personal yeah, somebody coming at me Mm-hmm. Uh, that's tough yeah
0: yeah, the truth one, uh, we've seen that pop up in small group, small groups around uh, politics, unfortunately. <laughs> and we are yeah, in a political right. season where some people are really attached and feel like that there's things about that arena that is truth. Others mm-hmm. have different views. So we've really worked hard over and over to train and to reiterate that politics really is not a truth necessarily a truth-based thing and to be open to different ideas and their groups around that. Um, so we give feedback around that as well. So, um, I think with the when you're receiving it as the recipient, is it good then to say, okay, what do you want me to do differently? Um, yeah, yeah. you, know, do you turn that I corner? Think,
2: yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I think you need to. What would it look like for me? You know from your perspective what would it look like for me to change this and I think that's that's a question most people don't ask. They'll sit there they may even acknowledge okay I hear what you're saying you hear that I'm um, you know again I interrupt too much or when I get energetic in a meeting I kind of take over and I don't listen to other ideas Thanks for letting me know that uh, And the person feels like great I've delivered the good you yes, know, yes. and <laughs> the person gets it but what hasn't been communicated is so this is what it would look like otherwise if you did. So I think I'd like to see more of. So in other words, it's a less of, more of. So I'd like to see less of you taking over when you get energetic and f- finding the awareness to just pause. Share your idea quickly, but invite others in. I'd like to see more of that inviting others in. And I think it would look better if uh, you know you just kept aware of the amount of energy you bring verbally you know, once you get excited about something because you get louder and louder and louder as we just talked about or whatever. So uh, what I'm looking for is a little less volume and a little more uh, collaboration in, in the room. And I think if you do that, I think you'll see better engagement and feedback from people. But that would be a way that shows me your, you know, da-da-da. So for, by me saying what would it look like to you is really important, particularly yes. in supervisory relationships, because I have I start running a narrative going, oh, well, I'll do this and not that, then I'll change this and I'll do that. That may be, have nothing to do with what the person really wants to, to see from you. Right. So let them tell you. And that way, you can at least say, okay, this is this is someone I have to do this for, Uh, and certainly the boss piece or supervisory piece. Uh, But I think just knowing, and I've gotten better at asking this, and whether it's spousal relationships or others, saying, okay, so Mm -hmm. helpful would look like what, or a step forward I don't know if I can make a leap Mm -hmm. because it's obviously it's a pattern. But what would a step look like? What would be helpful? And it would be like, well, you know what, a start would look like this. Boom. Oh, that's helpful. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I, I love that because it's much more collaborative. So you're not mm-hmm. like the victim just listening to the feedback being right. dumped on, but okay. you're actually then taking that information. And you said earlier in terms of giving it, so you're asking for specific and yeah. action items or um, what I guess now in leadership circles, they're calling feed, um, instead of feedback, they're saying feed forward, yeah. which is okay. what, is the, what yep. is the forward next step and to have the guts to ask for it. Sometimes I think we don't want to ask for it because we don't want to change, <laughs> um, but to ask for it.
2: You know so, so clarity that, about word and clarity about what sorry jumps on you there
0: yeah no 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 I
2: give me some feedback I interrupted you again <laughs> <twice>. no <laughs> well, just you uh, you were saying something really important I wanted to go yes good for you but I cut you <laughs> off I'm sorry
0: <laughs> no no worries I do that all the time it's something I'm working on actually I I tend to process fast so I tend to interrupt so I've been working on that quite a bit um, but the idea of feed forward which is a newer term in leader world is to really ask for the specifics. But I was saying it takes guts to do that because sometimes I mm-hmm. don't want to change um, and I don't want to be given those action items. But I think that it's what builds the relationship. So you're in yeah. it together.
2: So I'm in a coaching relationship where I we really have to sit down with the person with the supervisor and say I'm going to help them communicate what has to be communicated because we've already done the feedback, but now it's implications and what needs to change and almost like and if it doesn't here's where we are and it's not like you're fired next week but at the same time it's definitely a strong delivery like this start i gotta start seeing progress over the next month or two here that looks like this if we don't see that then we'll be having a different kind of discussion that's that's really where this one's at and you really have to say the last 10 percent there so yeah But those are hard. Yeah. yeah.
0: But with ministry, I think um, we sometimes use the language of, you know, we we want you to be really effective and be. and utilize what God has given you to do. We know you can do this. You almost like cheerleading mm-hmm. them onto it. So try like in that scenario with interrupting a lot or talking too much as a leader, you know, try uh, in the next meeting, try to just say, you know, a little bit less and then just kind of right. work on it. And I've also done this with someone giving me feedback um, and in a meeting setting, I'll say, okay, we have this meeting on schedule together. You're going to be there. Will you just observe how I'm doing? And then let me know, did I accomplish the goal I'm trying to work on, which was whatever that might be, less energy, yeah. less interrupting, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, it's nice to have that real time thing, but it, but I would only ask of someone I really trusted that I thought was going to deliver it with grace because it's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think sure. we can invite that learning posture um, beyond and you know maybe even just to clarify after the conversation, would that be helpful to clarify afterwards? Okay, so the feedback you gave me is this, I'm going to work on this um together and just so that we're all on the same page
2: yes i mean again you go back to that collaborative the expectation setting the feedback in the midst of maybe a new reality so let me give you an example to kind of pull a lot of this together especially uh knowing you've been heard it like so so the person hears you that what giving then you feedback, okay, this is what I think you say, and, and, and then we have that agreement. A step further would be, okay, so – and I have a president of a hospital that's done a really good job with this. It took him a while. But he would always drift. He would start talking about the topic, and then five, ten minutes later, we're on something totally different. The whole executive <laughs> team sitting there going, they didn't know what to do with it because he's their boss. And Right, uh, right. You know, So what do we do? Is he going to come back and put the plane back on the runway again, or is he <laughs> – And so we confronted them with it in a good way. We gave assessment feedback and said, not only is it that you acknowledge this, but here's what we were challenging you to do, to say to your team, I know I do this and I'm giving you permission to call me out when I do it Mm -hmm. and to say you're doing it. And you know, you can just call a timeout or you can do mm-hmm. something, but we can create a, a secret hand thing or whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, we're drifting. We had a guy I had in a small group who would just constantly do this and we would do the airplane signal, like put the plane down. Let the plane just, like, off again say like land <laughs> the plane you're circling and uh But it's that. So he didn't. Then to watch the first few times, you know, they kind of like, is he telling the truth here? Are we going to still get spanked? I mean, will it affect my career path? You know, because I, and so he said, when you see me drift, just say, brace your hand and go, you're drifting. And I watched them change over time. And because the impact of this was seven people in the circle going, when are we going to get back on topic? And because of the 20 minutes you just spent, we're not going to be able to talk about what's on the agenda that's important to me. And so now I'm starting not to like you because you keep <laughs> robbing time from us by doing this drifting stuff. So my, yeah, it's really important to be able, I think, to set up, here's what it could look like, and it's okay for you to call me out on that. So uh, yeah, but just uh, last thing I'd say about the receivers maybe, Try as best you can to say, you know, I'm I'm grateful. I know I'm emotionally part of me, is maybe not right now, and depending <laughs> on how the relationship is, and if you would want to say, I'd say, it's hard for me to hear it, but at the same time, that you took some courage to share it with me and to help me be better, that means that means a lot to me. I'm going to work on this, and and that leaves a door open for relationship yeah. building. I think, and it doesn't hurt to f- do it in writing. Yes, it's not because yes. you're just covering, but just to be clear, say, hey, boy, we had a good 45 minute talk there. I took away about four or five things. Here's what I understand what you're asking what you need. Right. And what what I heard how's that sound? And a person can respond back go great. Or well, remember there's also this, right. or something like that. But it just gives you a good written reminder because a week from now you've been busy and, and you mm, want to go right. go look back at something. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, and what it communicates too um, is that you've given it thought, yeah. um, and that is adding adds value to the. So even if you can't say thank you in the moment because you run crying from the office or something, um, you can come back in an email and say thank you uh, for that. So any final thoughts, Bill? Uh,
2: I think. This I don't want to sound like because I have some good interaction around this that I'm always great at it. I feel like for everyone, it's a tough growing edge. And I think as your leadership expands, sometimes you're you're speaking more to people who are in positions of power or influence. And I think to get good at this is really important, but we're all learning. So I think it's okay to start any of these conversations on either side and say, I'm still trying to learn how to do this. But I need to talk about something that's kind of bumpy for us. And I have three things I want to say, and then I'm going to ask you to respond as best you can. And let's create a dialogue around some growth and improvement. And just if even you can do that and realize it's going to be messy and name it, I think that'll help a lot. But it's a challenge for me, too. So I want everyone to hear that and hear that just start, just Mm -hmm. start the conversation. So much happens when you just start the conversation.
0: Oh, that's a great, great place to stop and to end. So, yes, the encouragement, start the conversation. Um, Bill, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so helpful. Um, and if people want to contact you, they can connect with you through uh, LinkedIn, or social media, and also your email. Um, and your email is
2: Dr. Bill Donahue at gmail.com. So, it's just D R B I L L, last name, Donahue at gmail.com. Dr. Bill Donahue at gmail.
0: Yes, and Bill is also a great friend of the network, and he is on our Facebook um, group interactive page when he has time, so you can interact with him there as well. Um, So, again, thank you, Bill. God bless you and your ministry.
2: Thank you so much.
0: And thank you for listening to Group Talk. You can send us feedback by emailing Talk at smallgroupnetwork.com, or you can message me through our Small Group Network Facebook page as well. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
3: Hey, Small Group Network family. Jason Banzoff here, Group Talk producer and Small Group Network creative arts director. Thank you so much to Carolyn and Bill for that great episode. Bill is one of the great minds in small group ministry, and it was a great blessing to have him on the show. Now, before we go, let's talk about a few things. With COVID-19 still being a big conversation around small groups and churches, we have specific resources for you. Stay up to date with all of our COVID-19 small group resources by bookmarking smallgroupnetwork.com COVID-19, where you can find all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. And if you're on Facebook, join our dynamic Facebook group community that has now surpassed 4,500 members and gleaned from the thousands of small group ministry ideas, interactions, questions, and answers found here. Now, lastly, huddles. Huddles are like small groups for small group point people and a great way to find support and share ideas. Invite two or more friends to start a huddle online or over coffee today. Now more than ever, small group point people need to walk together. Go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash huddles to find one or start one today. And thank you so much for joining us this week on Group Talk. We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.